going on dave we're here we just went over some uh pretty much watching a bunch of bills videos in the last week a lot of combine stuff going on and kind of interesting i really look forward to the press conferences so i really like seeing what rex has up his sleeve you get some nice in-depth interviews on the bills website with coaches called unfiltered or whatever they call it and uh, you get to learn a lot of things. You get to, to pick up little morsels of information on what guys are they looking at at the combine, what guy for the draft. you know. And they say they use the combine to pretty much confirm or what they already yeah, know information-wise. Yeah, ver- verify what they have on paper about these guys. Right. Which, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Scouting is important, but... There's there's two schools of thought on the combine, and one of them is that it might be a bit overrated. Um, we were actually chatting about this earlier. I saw I saw an article this week where I guess Bill Belichick, ugh, that guy, um, he was he was saying you know the combine kind of makes some of these guys not focus on football, takes them out of football shape. It, it sees them trying to run the fastest 40, trying to do these incredible jumps. And quite frankly, some of these guys really have to to slim down and, and tone up to uh, to get those times, which has kind of become like the the gold standard for, for the league. You know what I mean? Like anything, anything lower than four or five is considered fast, you know, or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of kind of making this up as I go, but. He he was he was saying you know these guys aren't focusing on football they're focusing on running a fast forty or having a it, it, ridic- it, a, a, an immeasurably high <laughs> vertical leap you know see, seems to be a good thing that the kids are focused on that um, at, at the same time it's easy for Bill Belichick to say that because he hasn't had to go through this process and now it's like okay well you better hope something flashes in. You know, somehow you right. Get, I mean, if there is a team that uh, yeah. that really thrives on on free agency and adding veteran guys, it's definitely the Patriots. Um, I mean, look at the look at the receiver the Jets picked up a few years ago. The same draft that the Bills got T.J. Graham. I forgot his name there, but he absolutely went ape shit I, during I the combine. Have no idea and the Jets who you're talking up, about. But oh, well, the Jets right. picked him up and he was a boss. I totally forgot his name because I don't even think he played in the league last year. Yeah, but he well. tore up the combine and climbed up the charts. And and I think sometimes you, you just – the, the, I, the I combine can, can, can put people for on you. the map. It can, it can work for you or it can work against you. If you're in a solid program that plays well together as a team – your job isn't as hard, but if you're at a smaller school and you're a standout athlete, but you're surrounded by some guys who, well, quite frankly, aren't going to make it, you know, you might have that chance to shine at the combine and let them see, like, you're a freak of a human being, but maybe you weren't on the best program in college. 
You never know. It, yeah, you could shine from that. At the same time, when you look at the numbers, there's really not that. There was a good amount of people invited to the combine, but it's not all the best kids. And every year we find undrafted people we never even heard of that are making plays, and they weren't even invited to the combine. So it's always interesting seeing what what the the team has. I think for leaks over here, and what we've picked up is. We keep hearing over and over again a deep defensive line in the draft. Yeah, a lot of lot of good uh, defensive linemen, a lot of good offensive linemen. They're saying even through the third round, and defensive linemen. Like second round, definitely there's some first-round talent. And right, everything and, and, the, and the impression I get from a lot of the uh, people around the Bills organization is that's spots that the Bills are looking to, to thicken up. A lot, lot of question marks out there. So think about this. We, we've talked briefly last week. We had a wonderful episode episode podcast with Matthew Collar from WGR. Please check that out. That was great. Yeah, it was It was, it was uh, February 22nd, so check that one out. I said about four words, but hey, who's counting? Who gives a shit? I don't know. I thought it was good. It was. But it, it, and, we, and we beat the Mario don't situation. Don't like that. I know. We beat the Mario situation pretty good. But, of course, as always, there was information. And next thing I know, Mario Williams said, hey, I would I would come back at a reduced – I would take a pay cut, but can we compromise on the scheme? And the way you look at it is we talked last, last podcast. Is it cheaper just to get to draft a defensive end in the in, – and, and just have him play for you. You have him cheaper. You kind of stagger that contract with Jerry Hughes, I think. Or I mean, it's it could go one of two ways. I mean, we've already heard Rex say not not that long ago that hey, you know, maybe we tried to mix some things from the old system in, um, but next year it's not going to be like that. We're we're doing it. He's hammering his way. defense in. Rex's defense is here to stay, and that's what makes his draft interesting. So I think, so it, I think if, you're, if you're not willing to do anything less than buy in 100%, honestly, I think with a guy like Rex, meeting in the middle isn't an option. Right, right. And sometimes you have to get that cancer or poison out of the locker room. That said, but it sucks like I've been here saying, it's let's almost get cheap, it worked out. It's almost cheaper to get it, get him to stay for, you know, Will maybe, you take maybe seven nine. mil? Will you take your dead cap? I think the best dead scenario, cap space is seven mil. Can we get him in here for maybe eight or nine? That would be fantastic. I don't. I honestly don't know if he could ever pull the money he got in Buffalo. No, definitely not. anywhere He's, else he, ever. No, again. he can't. At the same time, not, I mean, not even close. At I'm, the same time, he might be in damage. Mario might be in damage control right now. And I personally think the guy's a freak of nature. And you know what? I, I agree with him in the sense of, dude, this is what I do. Just let me go, 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 go. All you know, need to know is wherever you put me, I am just giving dude hell in front of me. Line me up in different spots. I'm going to do the same thing. At the same time, if Mario listened a little bit, maybe he's willing to. Maybe he did some, maybe he works on his coverage a little bit. Maybe he shows it in preseason a lot. Something crazy. That way it's a little safer for him. He's not necessarily rushing. And then they think, oh, shit, Mario's going to drop back. Watch out. Watch out. Watch out. Because guess what? If Mario is not willing to compromise with the Bills, 
You know what? Yeah, or, or, or you know, it's kind of like who else is he going to play for? Because everybody's be fair, doing this there, now. There might be a spot for him elsewhere where they really do want a veteran guy to come in and kind of be the field general, kind of take command of the defense. Oh, well, he's not might a field really, general. He's a guy that comes in and really, just kicks ass. That's all he does. He's not. He's not. Dude, he's not well, he's, vocal. He he's doesn't get, do anything. He's getting like that. up there in, in his career, and he might have to take his football smarts and put those to work. To, to stay relevant. I'm not saying he's not still a top-notch yeah, defensive but, end. But like, the son, the he, he is a him. great pass rusher. At the end of the day, you cannot deny his talent. But he's he's getting up there in, in league years. and so Some people think when you go out there, right, that if he's in a defense where he clicks and he understands what's going on, I hate to say it, like if he maybe fell to a team like – like the Eagles, which I, I haven't researched their cap space, but he could he could lead that defense. And leading by example, at the same time, the, the the scary part is is this isn't the first time we heard it. We heard this with the Texans, and we saw he was taking plays off. And at nineteen million five sacks, yeah, maybe that's not so bad, just five sacks, but nineteen tackles, nineteen tackles. And he was on he was on the field for ninety uh, high ninety something percent of the snaps too. Come on, nineteen tackles you got. That's crazy. At the same time, he might be as good as gone if that's the case with Rex. You might be totally right. Right, and I mean another another whisper about where he might land was uh, New England. I thought he had some balls that he said. If they're willing to compromise, I think he should have just said restructure. What do you mean willing to compromise? Like, but I mean, I think he also, I think he knows his time is up. So now he's just trying to maybe look look the best he can in the eyes of other teams' personnel departments. His agent's probably like, you know what? Next time you have a microphone in front of your face, play it cool, look reasonable. Right, right. What if, what do you think about New England? I would be a little pissed. Um, I don't know where I he's get, gonna. I don't know where he's gonna I, fit. I honestly, where is he gonna fit? I, I get butt hurt anytime anyone leaves the Bills and ends up anywhere in the AFC East. I, I think the best case scenario, frankly, is you have Kyle Williams aging, and right now, if I was to look at the draft, which I am not your draft expert, but from the clues that we're gathering right about now, you know, you have two full months. A word of advice to you: just take your time. I wouldn't binge watch draft videos because in about a month you are going to be bored and there's going to be nothing but shit talk and speculation. And really it kind of sucks because a lot of the stuff that national media reports on and and the, and the, the basis of the media, they don't go over prospects a lot of the times that might follow the fifth, sixth round, fourth round. And they, they usually say within the first round, especially, and then whoever falls down to the second round. And, and and I love the value picks. I love seeing the Preston Browns in the third round, the Kiko Alonso in the second round. You know, the Ronald, Ronald Darby, Darby in the second round. You know, I, I, I really like those picks. And even Nigel Brandon was a fifth-round pick. I believe it was fifth. It might have been Carlos fourth Williams. Like, right. we, could, we could do this all night if we wanted. Yeah, and it's... We, we've done this. Those like, stories we have are so that interesting. Episode. Check the archives, like... They're there. So, Archives coming soon at numbillsfan.com. Nice plug. So it's kind of neat. I think it's really neat that you look at this season, and I think the best case scenario would be financially and for the team is Mario was a super talent, but that doesn't mean don't draft a DE number one. 
or even, I would say, a defensive tackle. Because Kyle Williams, I'd bet you if Kyle Williams had to reduce his role a little bit, he would have no problem with that. I don't think he would care. And and if the Bills could get a guy like a Muhammad Wilkerson, a guy that can, or even say uh, somebody versatile like that or J.J. Watt versatility where he can play defensive end. He yeah, can play so defensive Bills, tackle. If the Bills could only get like the best defensive. Yeah, player you know, a guy, much. a guy equal to the best defensive player in the league. That would, that would be a, a guy. You just want dog. a monster that's going to wreak havoc. And at the same time, if you could get Mario Williams to buy in and do the right thing, and maybe get him to sell right, for seven mil a year, what do you think would happen? I mean, I would love it, even for nine. Or but 10 think mil, about like, that rotation, though. If you had Mario, because then you could rotate Mario in and out, and then. You can do whatever you want with him. He so, doesn't want to buy in. You have a backup plan, so, and you yeah, save yeah. money, right? Because that money's going to go go into the abyss, any, the abyss anyways. It's dead cap. Yeah, Seven million gone. Bye. Um, yeah, I would or rather you spend another million and have it for eight million or nine million. I don't know if if you could get that done. I think you try it, and at if the it, same time, if it doesn't he, work out. You, couldn't, you time, couldn't trade. You couldn't trade him on the contract he's on, but you could trade him on that contract. At the same no time, no problem. Nineteen million dollars he got paid last year. What did he do? Not much. Actually, was it nineteen million, or is it what he's going to make this know. year? I, I, I think this I, year he makes thirteen. What whatever he makes, you you got to get that restructured. If he's here, it's got it's got to go down, and it's got to be. But he's doing thirteen million. million this year and seven million dead, dead cap if you cut him. So it's you save thirteen million dollars if you cut him this year. At the same time, honestly, I would I would try to negotiate him down as low as possible, sign him and trade him. I'm not I'm not a general manager, but he still he still has value, and if you can get that contract looking looking a little bit more reasonable to to someone on the receiving end of it, why not? I just wonder where his head's at. And maybe that could be how he addressed the number two wide receiver position. Or maybe, you know, there's some question marks at safety where it's like, how far down in the draft can you can you pick a defensive back that's going to make a, an immediate impact? You know, Aaron Williams' return is a maybe. It's not definite. He's going to try. It might not work. I would love to see him back. Um, some people have mixed feelings or maybe even negative feelings. I think he's I think he's a good safety. What? Speaking of safety, I mean there's been a, some buzz around the release of uh, Antonio Cromartie there. I want I wanted to talk about that for a second. Yeah, that's really interesting because when you look at it, there was there was rumors he was going to visit Buffalo. He's saying, "Hey, he didn't hear that, but he he would be it's interested. Now. He would be interested in in possibly taking that route." I can't say that like it's really a glaring need, especially, I mean, if we're bringing him in to play corner, like, there's really not room for that. Well, here's the deal. is Some people are in... in but there's I, a lot of speculation I've, that he could get moved to safety. Right. And there's been talk that Rex wants a three safety over the top kind of deal going on here, which offers a lot of versatility. So it, that would be interesting to have Cromartie... In the safety spot. At the same time, Cromartie is known for not tackling. He's going right. to have to tackle. Another, so another, that's the weird part. Another thing that's to the to the pros column of that argument is he could come in and he could teach 
the other defensive backs, the scheme and along with, with Ad Reed being there with, with the them. legs. Well, that's that's what I was going to get to. Along with Ad Reed, I was going to say that's that's the other argument saying like Cromartie would be a good idea, but honestly, that's what Ad Reed was brought in to do. Right. Truthfully, would it would it even be necessary at this point? I'm not saying it wouldn't be helpful, and I'm I would be intrigued by the the idea of him and uh, him and Corey Graham lining up with Gillian Darby. I think that would be a very formidable secondary. But how's he going to play at the safety position? Some guys transition. Easily, I feel Corey, like Corey Graham did a, a great job of transitioning. But what if he doesn't transition? Well, he—I well? don't think he did a great job, but I but think he, I think the, I think he showed. I think he showed a lot of promise. And if you catch the interview with their safeties coach McDonald, who was supposedly an awesome safety himself, so you know he. He he said he's like Corey Grant sometimes just saw too much, which as a safety, that's the scary part is you see everything. It's all in front of you. So sometimes they'll bait him. They'll throw his heat call cheese out there, get him to bite on that, throw the ball over the top. And we saw that a lot. That said, you got to keep in mind, it's his first year. And I don't think at safety, and Corey Graham does not have the wear and tear on his body like somebody else his age at that position because you got to keep in mind, he played special teams his first couple of years in the league. He didn't. He went to Baltimore to get a shot at playing cornerback when he came from the Brown from the Bears. Right. So that and, and then, I feel like we, I feel like we've talked about this. I would rather I'd rather have a guy back there that if if we're gonna keep Corey Graham at corner, I would I'd like to find a guy who has. I think I I think I put it before like more linebacker tendencies than than cornerback tendencies. Um, yeah, I mean, Corey talk, Graham is okay in coverage, and he's an he, well. He's I mean, a he's, he's fine in coverage. He was actually rated um, the year before the the 2014 season. He was rated one of the best corners through both analytics sites. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's very serviceable for for the balls thrown at him. But so speaking of Mario Williams and or Cromartie but I mean I would like to see I'd like to see what he has with another year in the in the system and yeah I think he's I think he's he's fine the there so but Cromartie makes it interesting they might, with they the, might adjust his contract I hear and they might adjust Leo maybe Leo maybe, maybe Leo's, Leo's out I don't know I think a lot of that that that's a possibility Leo's well, here, out I got I Leo's got some Cromartie's and that that's a possibility I got something I got some so look we're talking about Mario Williams, how you make this Cromartie thing work, all right? So instead of being a lazy fuck, I decided to look up the numbers Don't here. Don't lie, you're still on SpotTrack.com. I just looked up, type in Mario Williams, okay? So in 2015, this past year, he made a total. He was a cap hit of $19,400,000. And if you were to cut him last year, that was $13,900,000 of a cut, Okay. He has, as we saying right now, two years left on his contract. If you were to cut him this year, a seven million cap hit or dead cap. His cap hit is, as I, as we said earlier, nineteen million dollars. Technically, nineteen million nine hundred dollars or nine hundred thousand. Point being, his workout bonus five hundred thousand. His option bonus one point six mil. His roster bonus two point five mil. His signing bonus three point eight mil. 
and his base salary of 11.5 mil at the age of 31, which I am not a big guy in the whole age team because I think he's perfectly fine. And I think you have to judge age by the player. Just saying that said, that said, that said he has one year after this year on his deal. I think if you work this out, you extend him a year, you drop that number down. Hopefully, I don't know if he's going to play that cheap for eight mil. You never know. But at 31, I think you better start saying and doing the right things now. And he's trying to seem like he wants to make amends to playing his league. But if you, to, to, to make good money, because you're 31 years old. Right. A lot of people look at that number really strict, man. And, and ironically, Antonio Cromartie's also 31 years old. His average salary on his Jets contract was $8 million a year. So, like, if we brought him in, realistically... I don't think we could get him that much cheaper. I think we'd that. have to get him for like six. But is he? I mean, I don't know. Have anybody in front of me? I don't know what a six million dollar corner so, looks like off track. So what I'm and what I'm saying, like, if the idea is transition him to safety, I feel like that's a lot of money to spend for someone who might transition. Well. I think they look at it like you cannot have enough cornerbacks, and you have a quality guy who knows the system. That oh, by the way, is respected. These people are going to follow him. And and maybe they would rather have Crow up there. I don't know. Or maybe they want to move. Do you think? I mean, do you think Nikel Roby's roster spots a lock? Yeah, I definitely think so. But that's what's crazy is why would they do that? And that's what yeah, I read. I read Pro Football Talk comments. I, read, I, I try to get the pulse of what's going on online. And a lot of people, me included, believe Roby's very underrated at the nickel spot. You can't throw a ball in that kid. That kid's dynamite. I, I like him, man. So He's, like you know, I would. I, it's another one I would like to see. Grow in the system. Here's a, a defense bit. of that, though. Darby, they don't need an extra corner. They got McKelvin. So how do you know that these corners aren't going to drop, man? You know, Gilmore dropped four games this year. Darby dropped one or two, at least right. one. You know, Andy played injured in one of the games. They pulled him out halfway through towards the end of the season. So you don't know. And I don't know. I think Cromartie could get signed someplace. And word is he wants to go back to the Jets. But we did post on our Twitter. Uh, I found the NFL Network link to him talking about the Bills. And he's like, I don't know where the report came from. But, right, you know, so either way, I don't I don't know. Do we need him? I really have no clue. I really don't think so. Again, like, it's intriguing to think about. But I couldn't justify it really with how how talented I think they need to get a uh, a linebacker right there's just other there's other things and if it was if it was like a a more smash mouth style safety you know I I I really can't stand the dude I hate making the comparison but a a dude like Dante Whitner just not that recently well you got Duke Williams but yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't hate him, but like, just, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a lock for next year's roster. He's gonna have to earn, earn a spot on that. I think, I think he's probably the low man on the totem pole. I don't know what to think about Duke. Man, sometimes it seems like they pull him out of games. I could be totally, totally wrong, but I mean, if you're talking corners, he's, Gilmore, he's, one, he's a guy where when he sees it, he's he's fine and. Sometimes he just doesn't, you know? There, Doug Whaley mentioned, too, signing Gilmore to an extension is, is a huge priority, and that would be great right. to get him on an extension, especially now because 
he had a very good season, but frankly, the kid's hurt. Yeah. He got hurt the year with the club hand. There's a year, you know, and this team stood by him, and he has played very good. There's no denying that. Stefan Gilmore is a man. No no doubt. No doubt. And and I like the way he plays. He's very long. And, again, Coach McDonald was talking, the safeties coach. He, he was talking, I should say secondary coach, sorry. He was saying they got to turn those pass breakups into interceptions. And, you know, especially Stephon Gilmore had some go through his hand, had a few. Let me ask you this. What's that? Do you think it's ever going to, do you think it's going to get to the point if, if Gilmore stays around? Do you think Darby's going to gonna pass him? Do you think Darby's eventually going to be the number one guy at corner? The improvement that Darby showed, you know, and and I love that. I just feel like he came in so much hotter than Gilmore did, you know what I mean? I if do he too. improves if he improves from where he was even just a little bit, I think they're I mean, I, I already kind of feel like they're neck and neck for like who's gonna have the better career. I think it's so early to tell because you could have there's been a lot of flash in the pans, and I don't want to call him a flash in the pan because he was so solid. And it's one of those things where I think it's the same thing where you don't want to anoint somebody to the Hall of Fame at the three seasons in. I, I hate more than anything no, that. No, not at that, all. That, That's not what I'm Oh, Andrew Luck is a surefire of Hall of Famer. Well, if the kid keeps getting wrecked and Jim Mercy has GM issues or can't protect the kid, no, he's going to die. That team needs help. And he's not going to do anything. That team needs help, man. And to me, it's like I don't want to say that Darby is going to – so I'm not trying to sound like an elitist or why are you asking me that. But what I do mean is I would love to see it, and I don't see why – I feel like his ceiling is a little bit higher. He feels like he's catching on quicker. I get what you're saying with that. Right. And I think they're locked up, man. I think they're solid. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... But they could do it because the Bills just restructured Clay's contract. Yeah, and, that, that cleared up about seven mil for him, and that happened again right after we last podcasted last week. So the details, yeah, all the good stuff always happens right after we get done blabbing about whatever whatever scraps we're picking at. Yeah, so pretty much the consensus is he has a roster bonus of ten million due on March eleventh, and that money will be converted into a signing bonus, spreading it over the final four years of his deal. So his cap number would drop. From the current thirteen point five million to six million in two thousand sixteen by making that move. Yeah, so that's like seven, seven and a half, whatever. Um A lot of a lot of blasts on Twitter that, that Clay wasn't worth that kind of money and for one, I well, think you Yeah, you, he I, I get it, but you had to prime away but, from Miami. You had to prime away from Miami. That's the guy you wanted. And if you piece together what we've learned this season about the offseason for last year, Greg Roman needed specific pieces for his offense. And that's kind of the consensus is you got to get more specific guys for his offense. Rex is more of just get us the players, we'll make it, we'll make it happen. Right. I mean, tight end's a tricky situation to look at. Right. Because how do you statistically stretch? you know, track how well a guy blocked in certain situations. Like, he's a great situational football player. Now, I mean, he's right in the middle of the pile as far as, like, you know, yardage, um, 
as far as you know, he's he's right in the middle of the pack, 16th in the league with uh, 528 yards last season, 57 receptions. I mean, that's and he's proven to be a willing blocker, and that's a huge deal. Now on a, on the team, though, I mean, he's he's right in the thick of the receivers, you know. And think about this. You have a guy, Sammy Watkins. People are complaining he's not getting the ball. He's complaining he's not getting the ball. You have the number one rated run, run, rushing offense. And most importantly, let's talk here. You had a three-way quarterback competition. There was murmurs in training camp coming out. Where's Charles Clay then? Is Charles Clay on the team? You know, a little spewing back and forth. Where, where is Charles Clay? We haven't heard his name at all. Now you have a full off season. Tyrod Taylor's learning the system. First year as a starter. And I think that we just need to be patient. And unfortunately, his numbers to some people weren't worth it. But you got to keep in mind, he was injured too. So, and he, I mean, th- that seems to be like the, so the broken record in the room. And he was six injured, receptions, he was injured, 60 but, something receptions. Who knows? I mean, he's, he's going 10 yards. Ten yards a catch. I mean, he's a he's a monster. He's a tough kid to bring down. And, and then, look, the Bills solved. I think the tight end position. Now, an interesting name. I I don't know if anybody thinks he has anything left in the tank. Did you have anything else on Clay? Because I had a name to bring up. Vernon Davis. What's mm. he, he? He's done. Pass. Uh, he he's done on the Broncos. Pass. I mean, I'm 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 good on that. Is I mean, he better than the number twos we have on the team? Yes. Is he cheaper? I don't know. If I could get him for a Chris Gregg price, then yeah. And the reason I bring okay. him up is he was in he was a Greg Roman in San Francisco. So Greg Roman know everything he's capable right. of. If they bring him in, then you know they have it's interest. An, it's another thing about about scheme and language and whatever, whatever. But how much does that really weigh in the grand scheme of things? I, I don't see any moves at, at that position, at, at least nothing drastic. Right. I'm not sure what to think because the Nick O'Leary kid got advanced later up. Uh, you had Mar- Marquise Gray. Not sure if he's still under contract. I yes, imagine. he is. Is he? Yeah, he got. I like that kid. Yeah, I, I would like to see what. I would like to see Too what he's he got, got going injured. on. Um, you can only imagine what may or may not be in the future for Jerome Felton. Um, that's a spot the Bills could could free up a little bit of space. He's getting paid a lot for a fullback and didn't really have much of a, a presence in the offense last year. Which he actually made some noise about. At the same time, Greg Roman admitted, hey, we're not getting to where we need to be on offense, so he's going to be off the field. That's it. You know, he was right. not sitting. When you're going three and out, three and out, three and out, the, the three and outs were a problem. And that's the deal is no matter who you sign, the, the Bills had an outrageous offseason. Right. They they have to do something about about their line. They're they were the number one rush offense. You got you got a quarterback with, you know, the the very real run threat. It's not it's not a guy that can scramble, it's a guy that does scramble. Um we're just scratching we got, the, we got we got we got to lock that lineup. We're just scratching the surface right now. You I know mean, we have to like there's there's a question with Chantrell Henderson at right tackle. He's got the Crohn's disease. Right. Who knows what happens there? The Jordan Mills dude, he looked okay towards the end of the season, but he's 
Restricted free agent. Okay. I mean, so that that's a thing. Cordy Glenn, they're trying to work a deal out. They're talking about maybe franchising him. He's 13 mil if they franchise tag him. If they do franchise tag him at 13 mil, is that going to leave room to re-sign Richie? That's another And that's at another the same time, if they do franchise tag him, is he coming to camp? Are we dealing with this debacle of, well... Cordy Glenn ain't coming, and honestly, as a subcontractor, I understand what it takes to, to have your own self-worth, and make no bones about it, these guys are, are humans, and they are their own man, and I will always back a player up before an organization any day of the week, and they're going to be pressured into doing whatever, and and and, and, and you know what, if you're, if you're flaming hot shit of a take is... Yo, I'd be glad if I ever made thirteen million. Your take is shit, so you're never gonna be worth thirteen million. Because uh, I've seen that, I've seen that thrown around a little bit lately. And what happens? So here's the businessman. Cordy Glenn gets hurt at camp or something, or in OTAs or something like that, and now he is lucky. You know, the Bills then decide. You know what? Maybe we'll draft the guy, or maybe we'll get a guy in, in free agency, and he plays better than Cordy Glenn. And now Cordy Glenn is now on the free agent market. His value has dropped unless he's desperate to sign and he signs with the Bills at a reduced rate. Either way, it's not going to benefit Cordy Glenn to show up until he absolutely needs to show up if he's going to be on a tagged year. That said, maybe they're positive about it, and he might be like, yeah, 13 mil? Okay, hell yeah. And then he'll prove, yeah, I'm worth it. I want to be here, this and that. And he was the second-round pick, so he hasn't had a payday. And he's been very consistent, I feel, since he came in the league, unless he played for that other guy for those two years who used to coach Syracuse, and we're not mentioning his name. The offensive line guru. The whole offensive line went down for those two years. So, Cordy Mm. Glenn has bounced back, and this line, we were worried about it in the offseason, even in the beginning of the season, it ended up becoming a strength of the team. And that power football, the, the things they're doing, just Richie Incognito, just mauling guys, making room. Cordy Glenn's athletic. I mean, I feel like he moves pretty well. It sucks. I mean, because the left side of that line is where we know what we have and, like, everything's good. The right side of the line is the guys that aren't going anywhere but we're not sure of. So, Yeah, it's tough. We'd like to see some, some kind of uh, – solutions there and 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 frankly i would love to just get cordy glenn locked up get richie and cognito locked up let, let these guys develop more they really like john miller you know he was so smart to everybody that i guess that's the deal with him really smart came in as a third round pick they looked at him like a steal and if you get anybody to start a whole year from you top three right so i don't know what do you think do you think maybe Somewhere in the draft, around that same same spot, round three, maybe you get a guy to set it set it many a, times. Maybe, maybe instead of Chantrell Henderson. So I mean, it, 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 free agency fills holes, and then there, the draft fills is. the holes you have left over. So I guess, it, yeah, I guess these, don't get the the cart in front of the horse, so to speak. But. Don't forget, Craig Urbic came over on waivers, and he's been a very good part of the, a very serviceable person on this team. Not outstanding, but he's so. hung around, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, you know, and, and I think Doug, and that was when Doug Whaley, Whaley was not the GM, but he was under Buddy Nix as the assistant GM. So I, I think that these guys have some, some tricks up their sleeves and, and they're going to bring in some certain guys for can, just like Tyrod Taylor. A lot of us were like, huh? Okay. 
Then you find out about him, and you're like, wow, really? Maybe he just didn't get a shot. He unfortunately went to Baltimore, which in hindsight could be the best thing to happen to him. I don't think he'd be the guy he was if he didn't. Well, what's left is LaShawn McCoy, and there are yeah, reports no charges. Cha- there are charges, the DA's office well, says. And well, I don't think anybody the knows. Here, the way it looks to me, the dots as I'm connecting them, Vic, Vic Carucci said a source close to McCoy said that he didn't expect charges against McCoy, but somebody else that was with him that night. And the district attorney's office in Philly has said, well, we never said there weren't charges against McCoy. So what it kind of feels like to me, to maybe put put this together for myself, is one of the guys that was out with McCoy that night said, I got this. Like, I'm going to come forward and be like, anything that happened was was because of me. It sounds like he might have a fall guy for this, whether it's an honest fall guy or a fall guy for for the sake of right PR reasons. PR reasons, exactly. Like it sounds like so someone who was there that night is ready to come forward and, and take responsibility for the situation. There's a very awesome article so, on Twitter about it. I mean, that, I retweeted it from Sal Capaccio from a while back, and there's a sales whole the man. There's a whole another side of the story, and if you read Lashawn's account. And, oh, by the way, the officers were drunk upon arrival there already. It's kind of shady, but we've, we've no pun intended, we, we beat this topic to death. Don't forget, coming up, you have firstand12.com. Oh, yep, yep. Hunter's Hope Foundation event. Evening with Jim Kelly up in Toronto. That's um, March 23rd. Yeah, it's, it's coming Thursday. up soon. You can, check your, you can check your tickets out online at uh, firstand12.com. Or follow at First and Twelve on Twitter. Um, it's an event being put on with our with our friend Alan. Blinken. Take that back. That's we, a that's a Wednesday. We had him on a few a few weeks back talking about the event. Um, great guy, great cause, awesome event. Check it out. Um, you can follow Dave and I on Twitter. Dave's at Numbills fan. I'm at Numbills Adam D. You can always keep up with us on our website, numbillsfan.com, which will be getting a facelift. We got version 2.0 launching very, very soon. So watch watch the Twitter feed. We'll we'll definitely post the links when it when it launches. It's gonna be this week ish. Yeah, we sure. have a, we have a lot of things coming for the future. A lot of things up our sleeves. We have blogs coming soon, and we're really excited to unveil that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're, finally, we're switching we're, up the format a little bit. The show's still going to be the show. It's going to be just the way it's always been. No, it's just going to be added bonus but features we're, we're because there's have, a lot of thoughts that we come across after we do this podcast. We're like, damn it. We don't want to just have Adam call in and do some hokey show if we don't right, have we're, to. We're, we we're trying be high to find ways here. to elaborate on these ideas and interact with, with our listeners and just make this a better experience for us and, and for whoever's whoever's looking at it. You yeah, know? and tell your friends about it. Tell Uncle Charlie, your mom, tell Rosa I said hi. Your buddy's down at the tailgate. <laughs> you know. Your, friend, your friends that sit next to you at the game, whatever, you know. And if any of you guys doing the wrestling on fire want to come on the podcast, let me know. We got a good 60 seconds for you. But just don't come in the studio. I don't trust you. Ah, eh, you can come in the studio. That's us, numbillsfan.com. Tell Check your mother out. about us. Thank you.